Welcome to the Kingdom ROI, Return on Intention Show. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavit, the Kingdom ROI Strategist. Families and businesses hire me to create, grow, and protect generational wealth by discovering that what they do in their family's living room matters more than what they do in their boardroom or advisor's conference room. On this show, I'm here to tell the stories of families and business owners who recognize that they didn't have a growth problem, they had a relationship and priority problem. We'll hear stories and the journey these families who recognize that business and financial growth weren't what mattered. They know that their relationships and priorities is what's going to determine their outcomes. So stick around to hear the hardships they've faced, the lessons they've learned, and the wisdom they wish they would have known along the way. Each story captures the blessings and the struggles of pursuing return on intention instead of return on investment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 40 minutes where we take the world's broken mindsets and systems and turn them upside down. Today, I've brought you another special guest. You know, my passion is to advocate for families to grow and protect generational abundance for at least four generations by exposing the widespread planning illusions and minimizing the destruction of wealth that happens during your lifetime and beyond. And the guest that we've got on today has lived a life with an understanding that to truly achieve abundance, it's not about the next business or financial strategy. It's about acknowledging that what we do in our living rooms matters more than what we do in any conference or boardroom. So I look forward to diving more into the story of their journey. So Doug Nix, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Eric. I'm delighted to be here. It's, yeah, a, it's a pleasure to, to be with you again. It is a pleasure for us to be together. You and I know each other a little bit. Why don't you introduce yourself, your family, kind of where you are in the world um, to, to all of our guests? Sure, sure. So my name is uh, Doug Nix. I'm chairman and founder of a mid-market investment bank called Stillwater Capital. We're an office in Toronto, that's in Canada, and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we are the largest kingdom-focused investment bank in North America. We have 25 people. Um, I, I founded that 21 years ago. Um, I have three married children and 11 and a half grandchildren. <laughs> uh, Nancy and I have been married for over 40 years now. And... Mm. Um, uh, you know, life has been um, quite the interesting journey, to say the least. Um, and I, I look back and I go, I wish there's things that I knew then that I know now. Um, but that's that's where we are in a nutshell today. And um, uh, passionate follower for Christ. Um, is that? No, no, that's good. I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we're going to kind of dive into to, yeah. to more of what God's doing through you. But yeah. if you had to describe it, what would you say your superpower is? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm not sure if you've um, – um, Patrick Lencioni, he wrote the book Five Dysfunctions of the Team. Well, it was um, – I was at a, uh, a conference a couple years back, and they ran a video clip where he said – he um, – showed the six types of working genius. Uh, and I'm not sure if you've seen that before, but um, I saw that and I go, oh my goodness, this is this describes me. And so I, I'm going to just answer it this way. So he, um, just to give a bit of background, what Patrick said, he said, look, there's typically six areas that people excel in. 
Okay, six the ways they work. So one is wonder. Okay, that's the natural gift of looking um, at the possibility for greater potential and opportunity in a situation. Um, then there's the genius of uh, invention, which is the natural ability of creating original novel ideas and solutions. And then the genius of discernment, which is going, um, the natural ability to say that idea sucks or that idea is great. Okay. Uh, and then the, the genius of galvanizing where you can bring people together, get them excited. The genius of enablement, that's enabling people to go and do that stuff. And the last one is the genius of tenacity. So I went through that, uh, and I was so taken by it that I sat down with my wife and I said, Hey, Nancy, you got to, um, you have to look at this because there was a constant strife in her marriage for many years that I came up with all these ideas and she thought she had to execute them. Right. So it just, it said, um, if I was to say what my, um, uh, superpower was, setting aside the spiritual life right now, because that, that's the heart of it. But it's really, I, I believe that I work really well in the area of wonder. Mm. Like, why are things like that and not like that? Um, and invention, we have a better way of doing stuff, right? So, so that was really, those were the things that I think have driven and propelled um, me to where I am today. That's fantastic. Doug, I love that. I want to I want to step into one question, but I want to step into one place that I don't know that I intended to go. But you've talked about Nancy. You've talked about being married for 40 years. When you look at your marriage, like what are you to, to date and making it 40 years? What are you most proud of that you guys have done well together? Oh, I'm most proud of Nancy for putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, I, like um, she's a caregiver she's uh, she's a strong woman okay because um uh, she is she's had great faith mm. uh and her i think um the one of the critical components of that is we have walked a similar faith journey like we've mm -hmm. both been passionate about what does it really mean to follow christ right? mm. what does it mean to serve an all-knowing all-present all-powerful god mm. and we have we have um been faithful to a life in Christ, right? And mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying that we've not had our our moments um, when we were upset with each other, right? Sure. And um, it reminds me a bit of the joke for that. Um, the um, there's a bridal shower, and there's a woman who'd been there married 75 years, and the 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 soon-to-be bride comes over and says, "Hey, Grandma, you know, you've been married 75 years. Have you have you ever thought of divorce, right?" <laughs> Grandma looks at her and goes, uh, murder, maybe, divorce, <laughs> no. <laughs> right? And and I think in some ways, you know, like you just go, no, we're sticking through it, like through the, the thin and the thick of it. And um, that to me has been the, the, the bedrock, that we were committed right from the day mm. um, we said yes, that this was a one-way street for us. We were going to stick with each other until the end. And that's, um, in today's world it's easy to say yes to lifetime commitments that you really don't mean i'm saying mm. yes to lifetime commitment that's powerful that's yeah. powerful as you look back over those 40 years like where have you wish you would have done better but it taught you something about being better in your relationship along the way oh yeah yeah um i wish along the way i'd been kinder and gentler mm -hmm. number one uh, number two, I wish 
along the way that um, I'd given her more of the benefit of the doubt and that it wasn't that I had to be right all the time. Mm. Right. That, um, you know, like we'll talk possibly about listening prayer and, um, you know, I felt the Lord one day when I was in prayer, he said, you know, Doug, there is no gift to correction, right? Like you, you're correcting people all the time and you, you need to be more like me. And, and I go, well, how's that? He goes, you're wrong a lot and I don't correct you all the time, right? And I wish that, that I had been um, laying down my life more for my wife than what mm. I've done. So yeah. um, if I could wind the clock back. Yeah. Well, so let's go. I mean, if, if God's prompting you, let's talk about listening prayer. What What is on your mind to kind of, you know, on your heart and spirit to share with the audience um, right now about that? Okay, well. How that guided you. Yeah, well, let me just kind of back up a bit and give the background. Yeah. So, let me give you. so I grew up in a Christian family. I was, um, my wife and I, we met at uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Uh, we were involved in the church, but. Uh, teaching, I was on the board, I was on prayer teams. And then one day in my late 30s, the question came, you know, if Jesus Christ sat beside me in the front seat of my car, would I know him? Mm. You know, and I just have to be candid with you. The answer was no, right? Yeah. I was embarrassed at the time. I was doing all these things, had great uh, knowledge of the Bible, but the answer for me was probably not. So that led me on a journey of saying, um, either it's real, what I'm believing is real, and I'm going to, I want to learn when I'm, by the time I'm 40, so I've got 40 years to live it out and not when I'm 70 to have 10 years to live it out. Well, so I, I started a series of prayers that moved me along and um, uh, it was a difficult, painful journey. I just got to say there was so much in me that needed to be fixed and repaired and taken off and new stuff put in. Mm-hmm. But along the way, um, a friend of mine in Chicago said, Hey Doug, there's a, there is a uh, Starbucks between my house and my office. I stop there every morning for half an hour, read a scripture, reflect on it. And then just ask Lord, what would you have me know and do um, mm-hmm. as a result of this? You should try that. So um, it was 11 or 12 years ago that I said, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm going to try it. Right. Uh, late October. So I, I did that and it was just, it was, if I was to point to one thing that has changed my life, it's that. Uh, it has changed. Um, for, there was a time when it seemed like um, God was out there. Jesus Christ was out there, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. looking at me. Um, and a passive observer in my life telling me what not to do. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I found out that as I started to delve into listening prayer, that there's every... Uh, I have a father, a heavenly father, who wants to speak to me at every point of my life. If I mm. just sit and listen and ask, right? Lord, what about yeah. this? Would you would you help me understand this? Or Lord, what's going on here? Would you, Father, I'm I'm feeling so beat up today. What what would you have me do? What would you what would you have me know? And then I just sit and listen. And um and then um a critical component of that is writing writing down what I hear. So uh, if I pan my camera over there, you'd see maybe a stack of books that about this yeah. thick where I've I've written that down, and I I see that as in part um, as part of my family legacy to my children um, yeah. to say here is 
here's my my father my grandfather's spiritual life that's number one and then number two uh i forget stuff really easily okay and and i feel like you know if if the creator of the universe has something to say to me i probably should write it down because yeah. i better not forget it right so that's that to me has been listening prayer and across every spectrum of life right mm. really cool yeah what are some of the maybe I don't know if critical is the right word, but ones that really were pivotal moments in your life. What are some of the things that you've heard? And I think what would even be cool to know is like, Doug, maybe that God didn't even do with for like two or three years. Like he gave you a oh, word. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you one. Fear and anxiety. Okay. Okay. So I had pneumonia. I went to the hospital. Uh, they did an x-ray and the guy, um, the technician came out and said, oh, there's a shadow on your lungs. So we're going to send you for more tests. Now, I hadn't been sleeping. I hadn't been, um, uh, I was in a heightened state of, well, in a delicate state, say. So I came home and, you know, immediately, this was a Monday, my mind went, I have uh, lung cancer. So uh -huh. I, did the, I did the thing that every wise guy would do. I went and looked up lung cancer on, on Google. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I, I have to tell you, I went to this black, black, black place. Now, um, I've always historically been the guy who's seen a glass is always half empty, not half full. Right? Okay. And expecting yeah. uh, it's good now, but it's not going to be good in the future. Mm. And, and so I, um, I went for further tests and uh, on the following Monday, before I got the test results, I, uh, I was there with just waiting on the Lord and, and I felt the question come to me, Doug, did you enjoy where you were, right? Did you enjoy the blackness of the depression, the, the, the blackness of the anxiety, the, the paralytic impact that had in your life? And I said, no. He said, that's good because I have called you out of that into newness mm. and wholeness of life, right? Mm -hmm. and, and here was the rest of it, Eric. It doesn't change how much I love you, Doug, but you are of no use to me when you stay in that place. Wow. Okay. So here's wow. a really cool thing. So I go get the result and the doctor goes, I actually cried at the doctor's office. He had a grown man crying at the doctor's office <laughs> when it was nothing wrong with you. And I explained what happened. I go, oh, okay, fine. Um, felt a bit like an idiot, but uh, notwithstanding that, um, uh, I come home that night and uh, they had, uh, I was watching the news and there was I don't even know what they're reporting on, but the guy was doing the report, the live report from in front of a church that had a Bible verse uh, behind him. And, and my verse in the morning was, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, you know, in Hebrews 12. That's right. Because those he loves, he disciplines. So it produces a harvest of righteousness. So that was my morning time when that, that came out of that. What is on the sign behind the guy in the newscast that night? Do not discipline, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, you know, because uh, those he loves, he disciplines. And to me, that was the, the, the start, a, a radical turn in inner healing for me to move yep. off of that fear and anxiety. And, you know, and the Lord keeps calling, Doug, will you trust me in this? Will you trust me in this? Will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with your business? Will you trust me? with um your children right yeah. and so so that's that's one of those radical times that um you go oh man i wish lord you had set me free from this 20 years ago
Yeah. Right? I would have yeah. probably had false head of hair today if, <laughs> <laughs> if it hadn't been for that. <laughs> I know your passion for really living an integrated life yeah. um, in all areas in faith and finance and business and everything like that. I'd love to talk a little bit more about your journey because so much of the world tells us that we've got the sacred and the secular, you know, there's the, the two pieces and it's not what God intended in his kingdom. And I'd love to know more kind of about how that's impacted you, how that's impacted Stillwater, but also how that's really been, it sounds like God has kind of taken you on a journey to learn that. Oh my goodness. Um, I grew up in this uh, uh, fundamental Bible church where really, if you had a high calling on your life, you'd go to Bible college and then into full-time ministry. Right. And if yeah. you didn't, yeah. well, you were, uh, you could go into business, but that wasn't, that had nothing to do with the Lord and mm. until it came time to raise money for the church. That's right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then it's a whole different ballgame. But I started going, like, how is that possible that I could have a secular part of my life and a sacred part of my life? And mm. I believe it's a heresy that's been um, mm. hoisted upon um, people who follow Christ that that you're part over here on this day and you're part over there on that day. I believe that we are continually across everything we do all of the time. Um, what we do is sacred as we lay our life down for Christ, everything we do is sacred. And so um, just a, a little extension of that is the highest calling for all of us is to follow Christ. And then mm -hmm. after that, he gives us vocations. He gives us a vocation of being a janitor, a vocation of being a stay-at-home mom, a vocation of being a wealth manager, a vocation of being a uh, head of an investment bank. But those vocations, not one vocation ranks ahead of any of the other vocations, mm. right? So, mm. we're, so we all have that same high calling, yeah. but then he gives us vocations, right? And, you know, this finger is not any more important than that thumb. It's different, but it's not more important. And that's how it is in the body. So um, I looked at that and go, well, if that's really true, if I really believe that um, what I'm doing is sacred, how does that show up in business, right? Mm -hmm. How? Do, and so I formed early on, um, when I formed Stillwater over 20 years ago, it was formed based on the understanding that what I'm doing is a co-labor in the kingdom of God, right? So I'm co-laboring with Christ. So what does that mean? It means I have a senior partner, right? Who has unlimited wealth. Can you imagine that unlimited wealth? I have a senior partner with unlimited power. I have a senior partner with unlimited wisdom, mm -hmm. right? And, and so um, as I was looking at Stillwater and going, well, what do I do with Stillwater? that takes it and starts moving it into the realization and the fullness of what that actually means, right? Yeah. And um, I've seen the extremes uh, where, you know, it, it becomes um, a kind of a name it and claim it. Uh, ever, all of my bank accounts are full, uh, like that prosperity type of oh. mindset. And I'm not taking away anything from people who walk in that. But um, what I've, it's been different for me to say, how do I, um, as I'm living my life out, or maybe a bit back up, what I realized is the new type of company that Stillwater is, it starts with the quality of my life in Christ, mm. right? Mm. And, yep. and 
um, do I know each person of the Trinity? Do I know uh, God as Father? Right? Kelvin said, look, the, the primary purpose of Christ coming to earth, uh, one of his primary missions was to introduce us to God as our Father. Right? And you'll see that all through the Gospels, our Father, our Father, our, th our Father, okay? Um, and then do I have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ as friend? Right? And, yeah. and Lord, not to take away any of that. Right. But as friend and do I have a re, uh, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit as a guide? Right. Because mm. um, scripture says, you know, he'll lead us into all truth. Right. So so this comes down to what do I really believe? So as I'm as I'm living that out, do I believe that God is who he says he is? Do I believe that all his promises are yes and amen? Do I believe that he has good plans for me? Right. And do I believe that um uh, he's a, a help and ever-present help in times of danger, right? Do I believe that he'll make a, a path through the wilderness for me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so those, that was starting to build out in that foundation in my life so that I could, um, as we're building Stillwater, I could be very um, determined in saying, no, these are the foundations, not just for my life, but for Stillwater as a business, right? Yeah. Um, so... That's how we started to um, um, practically build out our faith life in Stillwater, you know. And, um, you know, we've made some mistakes along the way. But I'll just give you an example of how we, what some of the things that we did. So listening prayers we talked about is really important to me. And and the people who I've introduced it to, um, it's just blown their minds, right? It's changed their life. It's been radically um, impactful in their lives. So I thought, you know what, it'd be good for us to have listening prayer in our, on our staff, right? And it's, it's interesting, you know, how many Christian ministries don't seem to ha have the idea of saying it's good for us to um, have our, our people well prepared to it today. So, um, so we did something, um, I felt it was wrong to ask our people to have uh, a regular quiet time on their own time. So what we did is we carved out from 9 to 9.30. We made it available optionally to people if, um, in our office to say, there's a half hour of company paid quiet time and we're encouraging listening prayer. Right? So mm -hmm. uh, so it is pretty neat. You know, you go in the office and many people are their heads down writing and listening. And then along the way, um, we uh, um, I wanted to be involved in what they were finding and and guide them but, but nancy the wise one the discerning one okay that, <laughs> that, that gift of discernment or the genius of discernment she said that's a bad idea because you know what you're the boss and you can't really do that Doug. right <laughs> so i said okay honey um so we hired a, a chaplain um a w2 so the our chaplain's on payroll i think he's at two days a week almost right now and he comes into the office and he meets with each person for an hour every second week, right? Okay. And the reason we did that is because I really felt the, the weight of responsibility for the people the Lord had given to me. And it's not just responsibility to be good workers, but mm -hmm. responsibility for their spiritual life as well, right? And, and to provide a vehicle for pastoral care for them. Yeah. So, so we've, we've done that. Um, some other things that we've done in the business, um, we, we hired a team of intercessors 
mm-hmm. um, who pray for our business and they send us a report at the end of each month. Here's what we prayed for. And some of the stuff's been just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is really cool. Um, praying for protection, for blessing, for intervention. And sometimes we've seen um, uh, words of prophecy or words of knowledge come out of that, that properly wow. equip us for what happens in the next few months. So that's really cool. And, and cool. then we, um, uh, we started a giving program out of Stillwater. And, you know, when you have your own business, it's not always easy to, to say, how much do we give? Uh, and so we'd listen to uh, Robert Morris. He's a pastor at a gateway church. In yeah, gateway. And he, yep. he has a series called the, uh, the blessed life. And one of the teachings was on giving. And so his, he said, um, you know, you, it's biblical um, to give out your first fruits. Right. Mm-hmm. So what we decided, our first fruits were revenue, right? Not yeah. profit. So uh, Nancy and I, in 2004, we started giving 10% of our revenue. Right. Wow. And wow. that was, um, uh, that was even before we could afford to do it. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so we, we just, um, we started doing that and, uh, you know, Lord, opened some great doors for us. We have great clients. We've had great, great experiences for our clients where we've, uh, where they thought they'd get um, 20 million for a business. We've got 35 million, right? Wow. That kind of, those yep. kind of numbers that uh, take your breath away. And so right. we've, we've had a really great run in the business. Um, now I wouldn't say that it's, um, it's always been easy. Right. And, and the reason I, it hasn't always been easy is because I feel as the Lord gives us increased responsibility in the kingdom, there's a, a, an ever increasing call to purity, an mm. ever increasing call to radical dependence. Right. And so, yeah. um, like, you, you just, I found like, I, if I'm going to be serious about this, I need to be serious with the Lord. Right. And so that was the call. And I re- in looking back, um, there were some really painful lessons I had to learn, right, on self-reliance, on fear and anxiety, on how to treat people, where I fit in the kingdom, um, and in uh, learning to trust. So in, in that journey, um, one of the words um, came repeatedly, and that was, um, in my, my listening prayer, do not despise the time of preparation. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by what that meant to me was um, you're in a season of training to strip stuff off of you, to prepare you, and it's not going to be easy, but don't despise it because it's necessary. So, so it's kind of like that journey through the wilderness into the promised land. It was yeah. don't despise the time of preparation. And that that to me has been really really beneficial for me. Doug, I want to camp out on something if we can, because you referenced this, um, you know, and you've got the difference in like the, the kingdom mindset of, and again, not an attack, but like the name it and claim it, my bank account is whatever. And then there's the kingdom experience, which has at least been mine. And it sounds a lot like it's been yours. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about it more, which is God's provision has been perfect. Like his provision has been there, but sometimes the evidence of that requires more faith than the reality of what I'm seeing. 
Yep. Um, and so then he takes us on that faith journey to where we learn to understand his provision better. You talk a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about that, especially when you're talking about giving out a revenue when you couldn't afford to, and now you're seeing these other blessings. But what other things have you seen in your journey that really have expressed that? Okay. So I, I grew up in really humble circumstances, right? Poor kid on the block. And um, finances have always been a trigger for me, right? Like I'm just mm -hmm. in all candor. And it was, uh, um, you know, and the perception that, you know, I, I was um, a second rate kind of guy. Like, like, I, you know, like, and just you're going, everybody's doing better. Their dads make more money. The pay, they live in nicer houses. And so it took me a long time for uh, me to feel like the Lord had said to me, I've called you out of that grave, you know, into, mm -hmm. the, into the new life. Um, but even, so a lot of the testing that I've had in, um, in Stillwater, um, has come in the area of lumpy revenue. Okay. So we have, so our business is a recurring expense business and not a recurring revenue business. Okay. <laughs> right. Which is, which is not the right, uh, for, for a guy who's reasonably intelligent. That's you go, well, how did I get in that kind of a business model? Right? <laughs> Your business model is so much better. Uh, than mine in that one, but but that was a question, you know. And um, uh, so, uh, I'll just give you a kind of a recent. Um, this was in 2019. We had a really big project, and as we were coming, uh, it had been delayed and delayed and delayed, like several million dollar uh, fee, and we were devoting our resources to it. Um, but there's no income. That's the way we'd structure that. And there wouldn't be until it closed. And that's if it closed. Right. Yeah. So I remember in August of 2019 or 18, I can't remember uh, exactly. That's why I write stuff down um, where um, I was just praying. I said, Lord, you know, things are desperately tight right now. What's like, what is it? And what am I doing? What do I need to do differently? And, and, and um, so the first word came, Doug, I want you to know that uh, the trials and tests that you go through are not always for your benefit, right? And what that meant to me was um, people um, need to see how mature sons and daughters go through difficult circumstances as mm -hmm. a witness and a testimony for them. That's and funny. I have to tell you how many people after the fact came up to me and said, we were watching what you were doing and it has left a lasting impact on our life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, later that month, there's the last, um, the last one, it was still, we we're still in the same position. And, and I remember sitting down in, the, in our meeting room and going, okay, Lord, um, here we are. And I felt the Lord asked me this question in that listening time, Doug, um, how do you think the Israelites felt when they left Egypt? The Red Sea was over there and the Israelites were behind them. And I, I'll tell you, it almost I, verbatim, I said, Father, a lot like I feel right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? And, and then here, co yeah. here's the, here comes the, the question that changes everything. Doug, how do you think the Israelites would have felt had they known what was going to happen when they got to the Red Sea? Right. And I said, 
oh, father, that would have changed everything, right? They would have wanted to run to the Red Sea, right? They, they wanted to, yeah. to, to just get here and get, get over there. And Well, why is that? Well, because that's the point of where you work miracles, Father, where you showed your power. He goes, Doug, I want you in difficult times to run to the Red Sea oh. because that is the point of the impossible. And that is where yes. you are going to see my power at work in your life. Oh. Is that cool? That is so cool. Yeah. So that is so cool. Yeah, so in the like, so that's my mo- run to the Red Sea. Let's get there and see, the, see the the hand of the Lord at work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really the idea. And what I love about what you're doing, I mean, that's the idea of kingdom, right? The name of the podcast is Kingdom ROI, Return on Intention. It's running towards the miracle of what God wants to do. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's what you're doing in the investment banking space. Yeah. Um, and living it boldly, um, Doug. We're gonna we're gonna start to run out of time. Okay. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. It's, it's such just a beautiful um, visit together. Is there anything that you wanted to share today that you haven't got to share so far? And I want to leave enough space for that to happen. Oh, I could talk for a long time on that. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, for people who are following Christ, there's, um, and they're going, uh, like, I, we've got all these conflicting things going on in our life. One of the, the questions that really helped me to get clear, clarity on some things is I felt the Lord one day asked me, Doug, why are you doing what you're doing, right? Hmm. And so, um, and that was in Stillwater. And, and the question was, are you doing what you're doing so that you have a platform to talk to other people about how good you're doing what you're doing? Or are you doing what you're doing because you're pursuing me, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. And that goes across the whole thing. So like um, maybe people are looking at, I'm going to work really hard to leave a legacy. So for example, and the question would be, well, why are you leaving a legacy? Right? Well, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it a legacy of faithfulness of of Christ? Mm. Or is it a legacy to your name and a legacy to your intelligence, to your brilliance and your hard work and all the things that you've done? What's the purpose of doing that? And, um, so for me, my hope is I'm trying to leave a legacy of faithfulness, uh, of having sought and, uh, gained Christ. Amen. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Hey, um, Doug, probably one of my favorite questions that I didn't tell you was coming. So in four generations, yeah, what do you hope that your grand, great grandchildren down the line are saying about you? Um, what do you hope? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm hoping that in four generations that my grandchildren are walking in a higher level of intimacy and relationship in the kingdom than I was. Mm-hmm. And they're going, my grand, we're standing on my great grandfather's shoulders yes. because he laid the foundation of faith for be mm-hmm. for us and our family. And it's because of his um, his sacrifice in his life and the changes that he did that um, we're able to see. We have experienced through our parents and our grandparents what it really means to be uh, fully formed in Christ. Mm. 
Doug, you've encouraged me so much today. You've really spoken to my heart, and I know that it's going to mean a lot to our audience. If people want to know more about Stillwater, if they want to know more about your work and what you do, where yeah. can they reach out to you? Where should they follow what you do? Yeah, uh, we have a website. It's um, SW. M-A-A, Stillwater Mergers and Acquisitions.com, okay. S-W-M-A-A. Um, and I'm D-N-I-X at S-W-M-A-A.com. Okay, great. Fantastic. Doug, it's been such a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for joining oh, us on the show. It's always a delight to, to be with you, Eric. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for being here. Um, you guys all know that I run an invitation-only program that helps families grow and protect generational abundance for at least four generations by exposing the widespread planning illusions and minimizing the destruction of wealth that happens during your lifetime and beyond. And I've got several tips and examples that can help you grow your wealth by discovering that you do not need another business or financial strategy. What you need is to acknowledge that what you do in your living room matters more than what you do in any conference or boardroom. So please connect with us at kingdomroi.org for more information. As always, it has been a pleasure being with you for another episode of Kingdom ROI, the Return on Intention show. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining me for the Kingdom ROI, Return on Intention podcast. If you're a business owner or a family who recognizes that what you're doing in your family's living room matters more than what you do in the boardroom or advisor's conference rooms, you're open to sharing the ups and downs of the journey and would like to be a guest on the show, then I'd like to invite you to apply by visiting our website, www.kingdomroi.org. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.kingdomroi.org, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Kingdom ROI Strategist, signing off. Until next time.